there's always a question mark in, in, in my head, and I know anyone else who, who performs this role is like, what are we supposed to talk about? What are we supposed to talk about next week? How do you find out what you're supposed to say? How do you figure out how it's going to affect the people or what would be the best thing to bring to people and all that stuff? And I'd love to tell you that every one of us spend days and days and days in fasting and prayer, but a lot of people don't get that chance. And sometimes you're just really trying to get a hold of what God is whispering into your ear. Um, and, so, and it's great when you have, um, like we did that series, Second Chance, brilliant. You kinda, it's, it's easier, much easier when you know where you're going. But this week I was going through day by day by day going, God, where are we going this week? What's, what's on the agenda? What's the plan? Um, so it's not a series. This is more a one-off thing. We really believe it's what God gave me. So I'm believing that within this room, the stuff in what I'm going to talk about over the next 15 minutes, that, that's for you. So I'm going to ask you to just, um, whatever's going on in your life, and there is, and the reality of it is we've all come in here with stuff. I'm playing the worship, and my life, my head can go off onto other things, even while I'm doing that. And that's the idea of worship, is to try and bring us to that place where we can, where we can just focus. Um, what I'm going to ask you is whatever's going on, whether it's good or bad, and some of you are kind of excited because there's good stuff happening. There's a couple of people here going on holidays next week who are not really here anymore. They're already on a plane. There's people here who have crap going on in their lives. And you're caught up in that. And whatever it is, just for the next 15 minutes, just park it if you can. And just hear and see if God has something to say to you. You can pick it back up again on the way out. You don't have to leave it here forever. Or if you want to, you can. I doubt if you want to leave the excitement here forever. But if you want to leave the, the pain or the hassle. If you have a Bible or if you have it on your phone or something, you want to look this up, I'm reading Psalm 1. The book of Psalms is, a, is a, an amazing collection of poetry and songs. And I am in, not in any way poetic or anything like that. So I get lost in a whole heap of the beauty and all of that stuff on it. But what I love about the Psalms is the rawness of the emotion. Because when David is pissed off, he writes stuff out and he doesn't write nice. Oh, bless them, Jesus stuff. He writes, rip their teeth out, batter them, hang them up by the toes. He, he is not in any way, shape or form hiding the rawness of the reality of his life. And I love that because that's our lives. And too many times we get caught up in this stuff that when something happens, we have to be the nice Christian or we have to be something and we can't be real with God. And all he's ever after is for us to be real with him. And that includes when we're hurt or when we're angry or when we're sad or whatever it be. And, and if you can't find the words to say, read some of the Psalms because I'm telling you, it's all in there. It's all in there, whatever you could want. But this is what Psalm 1 says. <coughs> Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment of the sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. But the way of the wicked leads to destruction. We could probably spend 10 weeks talking about just that. All right, real, realistically. But there's a couple of 
small key points I want to try and bring out now. One is the way of the righteous, which is nearly at the end, and I think if we start there, it makes it easier for us for the rest of it. I am, I am, I am righteous before God, not because of who I am or what I've done, but because of what Jesus did. And because of what he did, I was able to step into something that gave me the facility, for want of a better way of putting it, of being able to go into God's presence as his child and ask him for some stuff. There are... um, For those of us who have kids, those kids can come into our presence and ask us for stuff and say they want dinner or say they want a sandwich or say they want a biscuit or, or whatever. We can say no, but they can ask us for stuff. And they have that right to walk into that, into that place, into your throne room, for want of a better way of putting it. And because of what Jesus did, he gives us that right to go into God's throne room. So he already had it, where he's going, no, I'll open the way so you can come in here too. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. If, if we've given our hearts to Jesus, I want to tell you, no matter what you do, you're never going to be righteous in God's sight without Jesus. Because it does like, if you rob the paperclip, I remember listening to John Edwards last week and he said, listen, has anyone here ever robbed anything? And it was like, even a paperclip. Don't put your hands up, you'll all be embarrassed. But the rest of us can be forgiven for lying, okay? Because we all nick something at some stage, somewhere down the road. Have you ever told a lie? Ever. Even to save someone's feelings. So then you're a lawyer. So we're all thieves and lawyers. Bible says we should go to hell. There you go. You don't have to have done a murder or anything like that. It's like the, the standard of God is so flipping huge that we can never reach it. That's why Jesus came. And he made a way for us to be righteous in his sight through what he did. So no matter how many times I messed up in the past or how many times I mess up now or I will mess up in the future, that I can still have that righteousness with God. And here's what that gets me. It gets me blessed. It gets me blessed. And I was thinking, what what does blessed even mean? Like, what is a blessed? Blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked. Right? So, or take the, the, stand in the way the sinners take, or sit in the seat of mockers, or sit in the company of mockers. Here's the thing, before I met Jesus, they were all the things I was doing. I slagged the crap out of anybody that had anything to do with God or religion. Because I thought they were mad, and I thought it was rubbish. I walked in step with what I would easily call the wicked. Because I never thought anything about doing anything as long as it was for me and the family and we were all right, it would screw the rest of the world. And sinners are just people who are not walking God's way. They're not dirty people, bad people or anything like that. They're just people who don't have a relationship with God. It's a simple one. And I was one of them as well. But from getting into an encounter with Jesus, I walked into a place where I could live a blessed life. And blessed to me, what that's done is it's given me a life that has given me some kind of motivation. It's strengthened me at times. It's not been trouble-free, ever. It's not trouble-free even now. But it's blessed. It's peaceful in the middle of all of that stuff. There is a peace, there's a promise in the scripture that says there is a peace that passes all understanding. It doesn't make sense. When you're about to be 
whatever, homeless or broke or sick or whatever, in the middle of all of that, you can have some kind of a peace in your heart and you don't have that black hole in the middle of your stomach that's gripping you with fear and gripping you with terror and gripping you and stopping you sleeping at night. Like I can tell you, there's stuff going on in our life even now that would have kept me awake for months before I ever met God. I would never have slept. I'd have been worried sick. I'd have been in doctors getting medication to try and stop me feeling so sick because I'd have been so worried and so fearful and so insecure. But the difference is because I got Jesus that I moved into a place of blessing. And that blessing gave me strength and it gave me motivation. And it gave me encouragement when things were bad. And it still gives me all of them things. And it gave me hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of promises in the Word that I can hold on to that can help me and move on in life. And I love where it says, blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. And that's like, so you have to be a rule keeper. No, it's not. It's not about the law as in this is right and this is wrong and you have to do this and you can't do that. It's about understanding. The law is another word for the word, for the scriptures, for the, for the letter that God wrote to you and to me. He might as well have said, dear, and put your name there, here's what I think. If I'm meditating, it's just filling your mind up with something. That's all. If you're worrying, you're practicing meditation. You're just meditating on all the disaster that could happen. And generally speaking, when you worry, you'll build it up from a little molehill into a mountain of catastrophe. And the Titanic will have sunk before it even leaves the dock. You won't even get to watch the film. It'll be sunk at the very beginning. It'll be over. Is that fair enough? Meditating is just, what am I filling my head with? What am I rehashing over and over and over in my mind. If you don't know how to meditate on God's word, then all you have to do is say, I'm not going to meditate on it. I'm going to worry about God's word. And just put God's word in there, whatever it is, and worry about it. Is that fair enough? You all know how to worry, yeah? You worry before? Right, so worry about the word. Right? Here's a few things you can worry about. In Matthew 28, 20, Jesus said, I'll be with you always. Worry about that. Okay? Worry about it. He'll be with you always. In Isaiah 26, it says that he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. That's the King James Version. In English, that means God will keep our hearts full of peace if we keep our head full of him. Because at the end of the day, your heart and your fears and all of that stuff have their roots in what you're thinking. All this stuff about cognitive behavioral therapy and reality therapy and all of that stuff that is so prevalent in the world and works really well has its roots in scripture. Because thousands and thousands of years ago, God was telling people, you keep your head straight, the rest of your life will work out. You keep your thoughts on me. Keep your thoughts on the promises. If you meditate on the law of the Lord, you'll be blessed. Blessed is the man who's going to read again. Sorry, blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on it day and night. Why wouldn't I be delighted about the law of God if it's full of promises for to make my life better? 
rather than full of rules to make me miserable. Which is what I was brought up to think it was. It was like anything I wanted to do and I was going to enjoy, I wasn't going to be let do that because God wouldn't like it. Is that fair enough? Anyone else experience God like that? That's not the God that made us. The God who made us. We all we focus on the fact that Adam and Eve were told they couldn't eat off one tree. There was 20 zillion unleaded trees they could have eaten. There was millions of stuff they could have had, could have done. Anything. They had every animal in the world to play with. Every ocean, every tree to climb. They had anything they wanted to do. There was one tiny thing they couldn't do. Because it was bad for them. We have this whole big life available to us. And we get one or two things that God says, don't do that because that's not good for you. And we focus on what we're not allowed to do and say, he's a big spoils world. Or we focus on our pain or we focus on something like that and go, he doesn't love me. But yet we have all of this stuff that he's given us. He gave us taste buds. You don't need them to eat. It's just so you can enjoy food. He gave us colors. Everything could have been gray. Maybe even different shades. Didn't have to be. Not the book. I'm just talking about. Don't go off in a different place, I mean. Here's a couple of things that you could worry about or meditate on. Psalm 50 says this. Call on me in the day of trouble and I'll deliver you. Call on me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. That's a promise. John 8 said, if the sun sets you free, then you're free indeed. Romans says there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Isaiah in 41 says, don't be afraid, I'm with you. Psalm 23, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. Jesus promised I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. I'll never go away. Lamentations, his mercies are new every morning. So no matter how messed up today gets, no matter how messed up yesterday got, his mercies are new each and every morning. Each and every morning. John 14, don't let your heart be troubled. My peace I leave you. And not as the world gives it. Not as the world gives it. The world gave me peace through drink, through money, through all kinds of stuff, and none of it lasted. It gave it to me through a false sense of security. If we only had a house, I'd have peace. Rubbish. I had a house for two weeks, then I had all the bills to pay. It didn't give me peace. But the peace that God gave me, that lasts throughout all of that stuff. We've had the peace of God when we've been homeless. We've had the peace of God when we've had, and we've had the peace of God when we hadn't got. Peace of God stayed the same. All the other stuff around us was changing. Philippians says that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And the last one says that he who began a good work in us will finish it. Yeah? Psalm 1 says the person that's planted is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season and whose leaf doesn't wither and whatever they do prospers. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. We can be like trees planted by water. I was down, um, actually Alex gave me a hand yesterday morning collecting some stuff down as a builder's provider to KCR down the road. And there used to be a waste field 
beside it where a little river running through. We used to call it Drake when we were kids. We used to go down and catch pinky in it. But it was full of stingers and full of all kinds of stuff and it was an awful place really. But then the corporal moved in and they made a nice little park over and they planted these little willow trees right beside the river. And they're huge now. But they're huge because they're well watered. They are well watered, planted beside that stream. We have, we have a fish pond in the back garden. And to clean it out, sometimes you have to empty the water out. You leave the water running. And I think the stuff that's right beside that pond grow the greenest, don't they? There's a, there's a bay tree there that is massive. There's another one down the back of the garden and it's brown. It's dying because it doesn't get the water. Water brings life. Yeah? The word is water into our life. We can be like trees planted by streams and we can be like trees dying in the desert. The choice is ours. You won't like... The stuff that made the real difference for me in walking with God wasn't going to church every week. That helps. And I never, like we wouldn't be doing this if we didn't think doing this is worth doing. All right? But the stuff that makes a real difference is you reading your Bible every day. The stuff that makes a real difference is that you learn the stuff that's in it and then you apply it to your life like a bar of soap. So when you're feeling scared and lonely, and you think the whole world is against you. And maybe the whole world is against you. And maybe everything is going wrong. But you can go, but Jesus said he won't leave me. Jesus said, I'm with you always. I'm not going to go away. Call on me when you've got trouble. I'll answer you. If you're not having peace, it's because your mind's not full of me. It's full of whatever you're worrying about. I'm not, I'm not talking about going into delusion and pretending that we don't have problems or pretending that there's something not wrong. But what I am saying is, if we can keep our head balanced with the stuff that God is saying, as long as, as well as all the rubbish that's out there and the reality of the problems we have in life, then we can have peace in it. You know the difference between having peace in a problem and having no peace in a problem? You can figure out how to solve it. Let's be real practical about this. No super spiritual stuff at all. This is not about some angel coming down and solving your problem. When you are stressed out and caught up in your issues, you can't think creatively. You can't think in any way for problem solving. You just get caught up in the tunnel vision of the disaster. But when you have peace in your head and peace in your heart, you can see opportunities. And you can hear God speaking to you in your heart and in your head. And he can say to you, no, Brian, don't put it there. Put it there. It'll work. That won't work. But when I have tunnel vision and I'm all caught up in my problem, all I can think of is this, and I end up making things worse. More times than not. So blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way the sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. But whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. Fill your head with what he says. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prosper. It goes on to say, not so the wicked, they like chaff that the wind blows away, and therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. And that's not even the scripture having a go, that's just going, you're either in Jesus or you're not. If you're not, this is where you're going to be. If you are, that's where you're going to be. But the finish, it says this, for the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. The way of the wicked leads to destruction. The Lord watches over the way of the righteous. If you're walking with Jesus, God's watching you. He's making ways for you. He's sorting things out for you. 
keep your head full of what he says. Stay close to him. No matter where you are, in work, at home, on holidays, on the beach, in the garden, in the job, whatever it is. It doesn't matter where it is or what the job even is. You can be in the maddest place in the world walking and still have the peace of God in the middle of all of that. Because it's in here and in here. It's not about what's around us. It really isn't. So let's pray for a minute. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you need from God. I don't know what you're struggling with. I don't know what your head is melted over. But I do know this stuff. If you keep your head full of the promises of God and you keep your eyes focused on him, then you will have peace in your heart. And you will walk in the blessing of the Lord because it's promised. Because it says, blessed is the one. Now, he will be blessed or he should be blessed, but blessed is the one who does this. So, Father, I pray for, for each and every one of us, me included, that as this week progresses, that I would be able to keep my eyes on you. That I would be able to just focus on you. That I'd be able to keep my heart full of you. That I would be able to go, you are my way. You are my peace. You will never leave me. Your message are new every morning. Whatever I can do, all things through Christ who strengthens me. Whatever promise I need to go through this week, Lord. I pray that you would give each and every one of us a head full of your Holy Spirit. A heart full of your peace and a strength to walk in this world. And Lord, I want to pray for the fathers in this place and for the children in this place. Lord, your word promises in Malachi that you will turn the hearts of the father towards the children and the hearts of the children towards the fathers. And there are so many fatherless people in this world right now. So many fatherless kids, so many fatherless teenagers. Lord, I pray that you would turn the hearts of the fathers towards their children. And Lord, for the fathers in this room, I ask a special blessing, Lord. I pray that they would not just have a great day, but they would have a great life. That they would have a life full of you. They would have a life full of your blessings. They would have families that honor you, that live according to your blessings, Lord God. And your word promises that those who who do that, that for generations, they will live in those blessings. And Lord, I pray that over each and every person here, and I ask it in Jesus' name. And Lord, bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and grant you peace. Have an amazing week. God bless you. Thank you.